Hey man, we claimed 4:30 at like Wednesday. So it's not our fault that the first half of the Eagles and Bills went three and a half hours long. It's not on us. News for Red Option Podcast starts now. Welcome everybody. We are live. We are live. My name is Jason Aponte. I am Andrew Pasquini. We're working. That's it. We're working over here. That's it. Let's go Niners. Let's go Niners. Oh my goodness, we are live, we are live, we are live, and the Buffalo Bills just took a 31-28 to lead with a minute 52 left in the fourth quarter. Jason Aponte, how are you doing today? Uh, I'd be a lot better if the Buffalo Bills could do what the Kansas City Chiefs couldn't do, uh, but regardless of whatever goes on with the Eagles, regardless of what goes on with any other football team, it's been a while. Thursday's game happened. Today's Sunday. Yes. Yep. Fuck Seattle. Fuck the Mariners. Uh, fuck Starbucks Coffee. Wow, fuck Mariners, Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, fuck the state of Washington. While we're at it, how about they don't even have those a San Francisco team. How about those San Francisco 49ers? You are. We are not getting off you. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy yes. Thanksgiving. It was fun. It I, I wrote on NinersNation.com the earliest uh, earliest ever, uh, Jason Aponte, we write for NinersNation.com, that none of the players that ate the turkey on the field in Seattle, which I'm sure we're going to talk about, were, were part of the team in 2014 when Seattle did the same thing at Levi's. Uh, the Eagles got a first down, 121 to go in the fourth quarter for those tracking. Uh, but you could almost feel the energy of the fan base between the like five or six players eating turkey on the field at Lumen Stadium. I'm going to keep saying it because it's just, it's fun. It's enjoyable. It felt good to see. Uh, But not only was it just good to see because of what happened, you know, nine years ago, it was good to see because the Niners thoroughly beat the, the Seattle Seahawks. And I know within the game, it was a little more anxious because you're live within the game in the moment and you, and you don't know what's going to happen. But I really think once we've removed ourselves and now we're 24 hours and even more removed, the Niners were never really in doubt in that game, were they? I, I don't think there was a moment where you could realistically outside of it say, yeah, Seattle was 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 in it. I, I really felt like that this was a, dare I say, curb stomping in Seattle that the Niners performed against Seattle. Just that little moment when the the pick six ha- pick six happens and you're just yeah. like gosh yeah you're just like ah shit not this again right like that that's kind of like where it was but forget all that right forget the Thanksgiving thing you know how Andrew says like he couldn't picture a better Christmas gift than a subscription to Jason Aponte's yeah, no. YouTube channel I don't know if Andrew Pasquini could have a better birthday no. than the 49ers subscribing the Seattle Seahawks to Pound Sound. Um, yeah. I like, <laughs> like, that. I I think, like that. I think I think that's a better subscription than anything. And if you think that you came to this show for like analysis, and yeah, it's been a few days and everything. Let me just remind people: I haven't had a chance to talk my shit at all. Um, yeah. so this might not be the show for you. Well, well, also too, if you want the analysis, just wait two weeks from now when the Niners probably do the same thing to Seattle. Because I don't, I don't know what. Like, like I, I, part of this preview is going to leak into two weeks from now because these two teams play so, so early. But what do you really think Seattle can adjust from 
from now to, to two weeks to really say, oh, yeah, we can compete with like it's not even a can this team beat the Niners right now? And maybe I'm just a little confident. Uh, it's 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 can they can they even compete with the Niners at this point? Yeah, I don't think they can. And I think, again, everything that we said this entire week was this football team is not better than this football team. Any yes. apprehension we have towards this game is to the unexplainable. Uh, yes. So the bullshit that normally happens in that stadium. It was never yeah. really the Seattle Seahawks can beat them straight up. It's always, you know, is the is the referee going to take off his jersey and have a Seattle jersey and they throw the ball to him on a play and like or a block punt or like it always was down to whatever Seattle gets as bullshit to keep them in games because that team is not as good as the San Francisco 49ers. Not today, not tomorrow, not any Sunday. No. And we appreciate everybody hanging around. We know the Eagles and Bills are wrapping up. We're going to really kind of get around the what happened Sunday before we get too deep. We're going to let this game finish as this Hurts is dropping back and complete pass. Second and 15, 35 seconds left. They're calling it a fumble? No, no, I don't know. They, they might have called it a fumble on the field. Now we're going to have mass confusion because let, let's see what they call here. Hertz dropped back, tried to throw. The ball was knocked out of his hands. There's confusion going on. They called it a fumble. As of right now, the Buffalo Bills have defeated the Philadelphia Eagles, but I'm assuming we're going to go to replay review here. I'm assuming there's going to be a lot of replay review, so I'll update you. Uh, but no, Jason, like you, you mentioned the bullshit that usually happens in Seattle, and I'll, I'll actually go back on what I said not three minutes ago where I said there was no part where this was really nervous for me personally. Uh, that's a lie because Seattle got their BS special teams thing going very early on with that kickoff return. Darrell Luter made a fantastic play the first time we've talked about him. Uh, this is going to be an incomplete pass in Philadelphia. His hand's 100% going forward. Yeah, it's Eagles ball, so I apologize. Uh, it is Eagles ball. Bro. There, there wasn't even a replay review. Uh, but, but the Eagles had a very early kickoff return, and that's where the Niners— the Seahawks. Really? Oh, oh yeah. I was, this is what happens when we watch two games. Too many birds. Uh, the Seahawks. Uh, quarterback draw to try and get as much as they can. So it's going to be second and 13. The Seahawks had their very, very early kickoff return. And it was like, oh, no, like here it comes. This is where it starts. And then the Niners defense just held them to three plays and a field goal. And that was really the offense for the Seattle Seahawks. It was pretty fun to watch. Yeah, it's just that interception right there, right? Like, and that, that just coincided with a time where the 49ers just stopped scoring. And and that was it. Like, the the pick six, you're just like, all right, man, like, Oh, here we go, right? Like, it, it that's it. But uh, obviously, the points that they did score, that had nothing to do with anything that they did offensively. It was just a special, no. a special teams play, so. Yeah, yeah, no. So so let, let's get into it. Let's start trying to get into it. I'll ask a very simple question, Jason Aponte, so we can kind of disrupt it. Uh, Brock Purdy, quarterback, uh, 21 for 30, 209, a touchdown and interception. Let's just get the easy question out of the way while this football game is so pretty entertaining. Uh, was the touchdown pass to Brandon Ayuk the best throw you've seen? From Brock Purdy thus far? Nope. No, it wasn't. Okay, because I, I would put it up there. I think it's, it's definitely up. up there. Well, what one's off the top of your head? Is, it's is up there. The the IU throw, Um, I think it's a little bit better than that. I think week, the, yeah. I think the, yeah, I think the Kittle throw uh, against the Giants, the layer throw in between someone else, those are really good. Um, I, I think when you hear Kyle Shanahan after the game say, you usually just throw that thing underneath and you get 12 from it, like to see Brock uh, be able to, to layer that in. And they scored a touchdown. That's why, if you notice, they put the camera on Kyle. Kyle's like yeah. fist like pumping. Like he didn't even think that that was going to happen. And I think that, that that just shows the confidence that Kyle has in Brock and what uh, Brock <laughs> is doing to lift this offense right now. 
Can can I say a mean thing that's an unnecessary shot at a former quarterback? Um, the, I had this thought on Friday, kind of re, re, replaying the game in my mind. But um, that throw kind of in between four Seattle defenders, I've seen a quarterback wear a Niner jersey the past few years make that throw into four Seattle defenders. More often than not, it resulted in an interception because Jimmy Garoppolo always had the, the guts and the balls to make those tight throws. Never really worked out. Seeing Brock Purdy do it, though, I, I, I'm i at a point where like it's, it's not even like if Purdy's a top 10 quarterback. I'm ready to throw the elite tab on him because he just – like as I said, I think the thing that, that – and then this is my most homer take maybe of the season so far, Jason, throwing the elite tag on Brock Purdy 16 games. And I don't like to, to be the homer take guy. But as I said, I think the best way we can really describe him is it just feels different. It feels different than any other quarterback really since, I mean, if you want to get recent Kaepernick, but if you want to go long-term since, since Steve Young, that, that it's just, you've seen this level of play from a 49ers quarterback uh, and consistently as well, like we were talking two weeks ago, three weeks ago about, oh, five interceptions in three games. And now here we are. What? He, he's already thrown. Is it seven and one his last three? Like, like he's just he's been on fire and and seeing him continue it against a team that he's very early on through three games has dominated. It, it's 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 been very, very good to see the, the growth and development of Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy owns the Seahawks. Suck yeah. Him. Have yeah. fun, Seattle. Enjoy it, and I hope you. I hope you. Uh, I, th- I hope you reflect on this time in which Brock Purdy is going to own you, so you can understand where 49ers fans were when Russell Wilson used to do the same to us. Mm-hmm. So, again, if you came for analysis, I'm not here for any of No, I have a lot. Of, I got a lot of shit talking stored up in the tank, and uh, Seattle. I'm not letting you off that easy. Your fans, your pundits, your I don't even want to say beat writers, your whatever. You guys talked a lot of shit, and you wanted this game so badly. You wanted this game so badly. Like, oh, I cannot wait for Thanksgiving and what we're going to do to this. What were you going to do? Like, you did nothing. And you were healthy. I don't care. Kenneth Walker ain't moving the needle and all of a sudden changing that team. And you're just not there. You're not him. You're not them. We should stop talking about you in any way being nervous anymore because all that shit is in the past now. Like, we're completely... We're completely past yeah. it. We're completely past yeah. the idea that the Seattle Seahawks are the big boogeyman. You know who's the boogeyman? Yeah. They play in Santa Clara. That's yes. the boogeyman. Yes. Enjoy your time. Enjoy your time on the other side of this. I will enjoy my time on the other side of this. But, yeah, Brock Purdy owns you, buds. Enjoy. Uh, so here we go. Fourth and 17. The Eagles are lining up for a 59-yard field goal to tie the game with 25 seconds left. I'm not going to look at the comments right now because I think a few people are ahead of us. So I'm covering it up. So I don't know. And Jason, I might be ahead of you as well. Uh, so I apologize. But here we go. 59-yard field goal. Fourth and 17. The kick is up. The kick is good. Oh my god, he made it. Oh my goodness. Jake Elliott's actually good. That's unbelievable. In the rain. Wow. 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 Uh 31-31. So this game's gonna go to overtime. We're gonna have a little bit of a free time. Maybe we'll see. Maybe Buffalo makes something happen. Uh, but Jason Brock Purdy just he he looked really, really good, man. And, and I think it's time we stop pretending what he is. I, I really do think it's time to dare I say, start acknowledging him for, for top 
I, I don't want to say top five because that feels like it's a little early, but top 10 feels like it's a little rude. So I'm going to just split the middle top seven maybe because since he's played, has there been 10, 10 quarterbacks better than him? Uh, I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm off the rankings. I'm just going to say that. Yeah, I'm not asking. Yeah, I'm not, excuse me. I'm not, yeah, I'm not asking for yeah. your exact top 10 rankings, yeah. but yeah. It, it's no, just, no, no, I just, I, I just have a tough time caring about like where he lands yeah. because when he plays like that's this, fair. they're just winning. And that's it. I don't Absolutely. care. Like I look, argue with someone else, argue with your mama, argue with your, your mirror. He's better than this. I don't care. As long as Brock Purdy plays like this, I don't care who you think he's playing better than. I don't care who you think he's not playing better than play like this. I don't like that. Yeah. All that conversation is completely moot at this point And yep. just to drive up like engagement, who cares when Brock Purdy plays like that, I don't care who he's better than or who he's not better than. The 49ers like are going to win a ton of games. That's a fan. I love that attitude. That, that's going to be my attitude going forward. That's a can-do attitude, Jason Aponte. I, I love yeah. it. Uh, Jason Aponte just laid down the law on Brock Purdy, so there it is. Let's go to let's go to running backs while, while we kind of have some free time because, uh, as I said, 20 seconds left in this Buffalo game, tie game. All signs are pointing towards overtime, uh, but let, let's see what happens. Weird things happen. Uh, the running game felt like it was back. Uh, 19 carries for 114 for Purdy. How about a 7 for 39 from Elijah Mitchell, a 5.6 yard per attempt? Uh, Debo Samuel, 4 for 15. The team, 33 for 169, ripping 5.1 yards per carry. We are going to overtime in, in Philadelphia. Uh, three touchdowns, two of which came from McCaffrey, one of which was just a, like, how did he get into the end zone? Uh, he broke a few tackles on the way. It was his, I think, 10-yard touchdown. And then Debo with one. What's your thoughts on the run game? I mean, just really dominating, and I think that's that has to do a lot with the offensive line. I felt the offensive line played really good, Jason Aponte, but uh, but run game. It's, again, in an advantageous situation in which Seattle's given up, I think it was like 140 per the last three, you know, getting back to what you do well and, and being able to impose your will. Like, you you knock you knock Seattle out of this game early on and, and you do yeah. that with obviously scoring points, but you can only sustain that with the running game. And yeah, the 49ers were just, they were just better in, in every facet of the game. And and that's good because you look for times when that's not going to work. Okay. How do you pivot? But when it should work, especially against the defense that's been giving it up, like Seattle has, uh, I think that that is better than anything because you're doing what you're supposed to do. And again, the, the 49ers, what is this three in a row now? Um, Yep. I, they're just they're looking like again like it helps to have all your guys back that there was a bye week and that Steve Wilkes should live on the sidelines like I think again like this looks like the team that we all thought they would be yeah no and it's the most rushing yards the 49ers offense has had in a game since week five against Dallas 170 against Dallas 169 on Thursday night against Seattle. It, it just like, I, I guess every stat I'm going to mention in this chase, and it's really just going to come back to, this was a thorough ass feeding. The Niners just beat them uh, is what it is. I, I don't know if there's any other takeaways you could come from this game with other than the Niners just, just kind of beat them down. And, and the yeah, run those. game was an example. It really felt like every time that, that Christian McCaffrey was touching the ball, I mean, obviously, there was a few where it was like, you know, three yards here, four yards here, but it really felt like every time McCaffrey was touching the ball, he was ripping like 10, 12-yard runs, and it was just all night, and, and, and the holes were opening up. Um, no, no, And that's the thing about this McCaffrey game is like no specific run really jumps out at you other than maybe the touchdown where he made a few guys miss, but it was just kind of just consistently all game heading forward, moving forward, and that's what the, that's what the run game was. 
Yeah, and and imposing your will. And I think a lot needs to be talked about with the offensive line, but it yep. is good to see Elijah Mitchell at least contributing. And I think again, yes. even if it happens a little bit later than people think it will or should, um, it doesn't matter. Going down the stretch, it'll be valuable. So I think it's important to see him getting moving in the right direction. I think it's like three straight games where he's like actually looked good um running the football. So that's important because Tyler is probably saying walking through that door. Jordan Mason ain't getting no carries, so it's got to be Elijah Mitchell. Um, and, you know, the 49ers didn't want to go get Michael Carter. So um, I think it's uh, important that that they are moving in that direction. Yes, and and, and they're, it just feels like they're getting stronger at this point. We'll obviously see a tough stretch of schedule coming up. Uh, receiving eight different receivers make a catch for the four – or eight different Niner players made a reception. Uh, seven for 79 for Debo Samuel, two for 50 for Brandon Ayuk. Five for 25 for Christian McCaffrey. One for 23 for Ray Ray McLeod. Three for 19 for George Kittle. Charlie Warner got involved. That's how you know the offense is really feeling itself is when Charlie Warner goes one for nine. Uh, Juwan Jennings goes one for seven. And then Elijah Mitchell, one for minus three. Uh, I, I, I don't have anything super specific to say about the receivers. I do something I do appreciate is like Ray Ray McLeod and Jawan Jennings both having one reception. Uh, Ray Ray McLeod having an explosive play on his one reception, one target for 23 yards, and then Jawan Jennings one reception being that third down uh, where where he made it feel like every Seattle defender missed. And who got benched on the Seahawks defense again? Tariq Woolen. I don't like that comment. What happened? This is why I don't like the reading the comments. Uh, uh, you just said Bill's choke. Okay. Somebody said Bill's choke. I thought I missed something. So we'll see what happens. Um, but, but, uh, yeah, uh, Tariq Woolen, that's who it was who, who got, who got benched. Um, all around good game for the past game. I feel like this was more than a, per, more of a purdy game than really any specific receiver. Uh, but what, what did you think about the receiving core? Uh, Brandon Ayuk's really good. I feel like we say that every week. Uh, but the Juwan Jennings play, that's just, <laughs> That just shows the the mindset that this team had in this game that they were just going to make sure they got it and like it's it's insane to see that. And then you know Debo Samuel getting involved as another backup running back as well too. I think that's what we're kind of yeah. missing in the running game as well. Is you know oh we got to give other guys touches. Well you know Debo Samuel doubles as a running back as well too, so he takes some of those as well. But yeah, it's it's again everybody involved. Kittle wasn't as as involved as I thought he would, but even though he's not a receiver, um, but again it, it's it's more about Purdy throwing the ball to the right person, never really looking like he was in, in trouble too much, even if he only yeah. had 200-something yards. But, yeah, this is more about Purdy, I think, than the receivers that we are – or anything we know about the receivers already. Uh, third and nine for the Bills. Ball at their own 26-yard line. Allen is looking. He's going to try and get the first. He gets the first down, Gabe Davis. So, Buffalo is moving the ball. Touchdown wins the game. Uh, the offensive line, Jason, you wanted to say it. Um Big news entering the game. Aaron Banks was good to go. He played all the snaps. Spencer Burford was out. Offensive line, I thought, looked really solid. PFF grades dis hard disagreed with me. Um, only one having a, a grade higher than 75 in Trent Williams. I thought the offensive line was fine on my one watch of the game. I haven't watched tape for nothing. Um, but do you see this maybe being the new starting five with Feliciano? Um he allowed four pressures like that. That is what it is. But we already kind of heard Shanahan mention that he wanted to do the platooning thing with, with Feliciano and Burford. Do you see maybe a, a beginning of maybe a heavier trend towards Feliciano or no based off this one game? Let me overreact to one game, Jason Aponte. No, absolutely. And I, I'm not overreacting to that. I'm just saying um, he can play left guard. He can play right guard. He can play center. He he's just, he's going to get more playing time as a, as a, 
as a veteran. And you're going to see Kyle Shanahan lean on that. And I think when you hear him talk about trying to get him on the field, it kind of just leaves you up to believe that this is something that's going to continue. So, yeah, I do think that regardless of whenever Spencer Burford comes back, because he wasn't exactly lighting things up, that Feliciano is going to be the right guard starter. And they're they're going to try to ride that experience because they are a little bit better in the run game with him there. Um, He is a little bit quicker to the outside and he understands his assignments just a little bit better. Uh, and then just kind of your overall thoughts on the offensive line. As I said, I felt they were solid. I felt Purdy had a lot of time and when he did, and I feel like he moved a lot and, and it just, it never felt like there was a big concern. I think he was only sacked once for a loss of one yard, I believe. Right. Yeah. So like, I I'm sure the pressure number is a little higher than we like 12 against a team that doesn't blitz a ton. But I, I just think with the domination of the offensive line in the run game, first down Josh Allen moves it into Bills territory. I feel like with the domination of the offensive line in the run game, and then just kind of one sack, one you know loss of one yard. PFF was pretty mean to the offensive line. Did you did you get a better impression of the offensive line than than what PFF gave him? I mean, it felt like Purdy was pretty clean, and even when he had pressure, he knew where he was going with the ball. So it never really looked like they were overwhelmed. I've seen I've seen other games that the 49ers have looked worse as an offensive line have been graded uh, higher. So I mean, again, yeah. um, I'm not here to crap on that. I think we understand that you know, yeah, choose yeah. your eyes and and choose what you think you can see um, over what someone tells you. But I, I've seen far worse games from this offensive line. Uh, a lot of that has to do with Purdy playing well. Um, a lot of that has to do with their protection. Uh, any any final thoughts on the offensive line before we kind of flip over to the defense here? Nope, they got to keep improving because they got a stiff test on Sunday, regardless. Yes, and that, that's what we're watching. Uh, Seven twenty-four in overtime, second and ten ball at the Philadelphia forty-five Bills with the ball. Thirty-one, thirty-one touchdown wins it. Uh, trying to do my best to keep the people uh, updated, Jason. Uh, before we flip over to the defensive side of the ball, great time to remind people. Uh, Turn right off your podcast wherever you get your podcasts at. You can download, subscribe, like. You could also uh, go to wherever you get, or no, you can subscribe to the Jason Aponte YouTube channel uh, as there's a little screenplay there to cook. Uh, gets a few yards for the Bills. Uh, subscribe to the Jason Aponte YouTube channel. Uh, it's a great present. If you're looking for a great present for a loved one, make sure to uh, give them a subscription to the Jason Aponte YouTube channel. It's free. A lot of great content. A lot of great things going on there. Uh, say to the franchise every Wednesday. Sprint Right Option Podcast Monday, Friday. I like how we just kind of built this where you have kind of like a schedule we can go by. Like we're advertising. Like yep. we're the TV guide for the Jason Aponte YouTube channel. Remember when it just started with the 49ers Noir podcast? And here we are. A whole whole programming schedule. Uh, so so be sure to do that if if you have not yet already. I know there's not a ton. Forty five people in the chat right now. We appreciate each and every one of you. Kind of as we said, kind of tough. We claimed four thirty when we planned this, trying to get that soft area between uh, the the Sunday games and Sunday night, and then the football game still going on. Not our fault. Uh, the defensive line, Jason, uh, ho hum game from them. Am I right? I believe it was six sacks. From I think five different players, the off, the defensive line was just in the backfield all game. Nick Bosa, very good at football. Our Eric Armstead, I'm continuing to believe that he's going to be the biggest beneficiary of of everybody. He added on a half a sack of his own. Um, Javon Hargrave really feels like he's been hitting lately. The, the defensive line is just starting to get stronger and stronger and stronger. And I think this is what you were hoping when you got a Chase Young, even though he has one pressure. It's just there's so much talent on this defensive line. It's it just it's it's almost like the reverse of all the receiving options. It's just a pick your poison. If you're gonna let if you're gonna try and stop Bosa, Hargrave, and Armstead, Chase Young is gonna eat. If you try and stop three, one's gonna eat. 
I, I, I'm just at a point. I'm not going to say they're the best defensive line in the league yet. They're, they're one of the better ones. I just think they need to get a little bit closer to where they were last year, but they're not far off, Jason, are they? Nope. And as the great Andrew Pasquini once said, dogs got to eat. Dogs got to eat. Dog, dogs are eating um, right now. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it all goes back to Steve Wilkes just coming down to the sideline. I think that was obviously the thing that we've completely overlooked this entire yeah. time. Uh, um, but no, look, it, it it had to happen, right? And yes. and we kept saying, like, it, it's it's getting closer. Like, the levee's about to break, right? And it's like, once everything get, becomes married front end, back end, you have more of these opportunities for these guys to to finish plays, and they're finishing. It's not just pressures now. And yeah. again, it's it's not someone holding the ball. It's just things are covered downfield. You got to hold it for an extra second. Now you either got to throw it away or make a decision. And most of the time, you're going to wind up holding that football. So, yeah, it's happening at the right time, and it has and it has to continue to happen. I think if uh, if this game has taught us anything, I mean, at least with the Eagles, last Monday they were they let you know Lane Johnson played, and Kansas City got to the quarterback. So that's how you've got to really disrupt uh, Philadelphia and really any team at this point. I feel like that's uh, that's yeah. one of those those evergreen statements. Like, how do you beat a team? Well, you got to get pressure and get in the quarterback's face. Literally, almost like that's the blueprint to yeah. beating like thirty-one yeah. other teams, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was think, the blueprint to breeding any Tom Brady Patriot team, right? So especially like when it comes to what we've seen, at least with the Eagles, is that you really can disrupt this offense if you yeah. are disruptive in in the uh, the backfield. So yeah, it's happening at the right time. It's peaking at the right time. I, I would suspect off of this mini buy that Chase Young is going to play way more snaps in this game uh, uh, against Philadelphia, trying to help help set the edge. Um, my my one question, and this kind of leaks into the secondary because I felt like there was a couple. Uh, I, I at least marked down a couple of coverage sacks uh, on, on on Thursday night. And that's just something that didn't feel like it was happening in the first eight weeks of the season. It really felt like they had to get after the quarterback to get a sack. And so that, that made me feel good. Gabe Davis open and, oh, he threw it to the wrong shoulder. <laughs> Gabe Davis was open in the end zone. And it looked like it was thrown to the wrong shoulder. Uh, ball falls harmlessly. It's fourth and seven. 556 left in the game. Bills are going to set up for a field goal. He had him. I, I mean, if that ball's to the back pylon, it, it's a touchdown. He, he, and he, he Allen looked like he, Allen reacted like Davis was supposed to go another way than what it, it, it should have been a touchdown. Uh, but it, I, I guess my question, Jason, before I got interrupted by that throw was it, it's good to see the coverage sacks, right? Like, like I, I, that's an obvious yes, but, but it's just something that wasn't happening. And if that can start happening, it only makes this defensive line better easily. Well, yeah, and it doesn't even have to be like straight up coverage sacks. It just has to be another half a second that you have to hold the football, which is exactly. literally what the what the 49ers were doing. They were getting that close, but the ball was coming out. So now you have that half a second and it's there. So now you can finish. So I, I it's it's all relative. Again, back end saves the front end, front end saves the back end. What's my favorite saying, Andrew Pasquini? One hand washes the other. Both hands wash the face. So it's yes. it's got to be it's got to be a little bit of both and give and take. Um, all right. So off the pass rush now, the Bills made the field goal. By the way, so the Eagles are going to get a ball chance to tie or win. Five fifty two left. Down three. Buffalo thirty four thirty one. Let's go to the linebackers. 
Um, Ho-hum, they're just really good, man. Orton Burks, I mentioned him. Uh, he only played 12 snaps. I, I thought he's been pretty good all season. I maybe a little disappointed to see him not as many snaps on Sunday. I felt like I saw him a few times, or excuse me, Thursday. Uh, but but Fred Warner, second highest grade or third highest grade on the defense, uh, 88.5. Dre Greenlaw leads the team in tackles. Uh, it's just it's really to a point, Jason. Like, why do we even talk about the linebackers? They're just they're just really, really, really good at football. And and I haven't gotten a chance to uh, watch the tape. Uh, I really learned the past few weeks because uh, I've been trying to watch the tape a little more. I've been watching the defense first. Um, it's it's borderline adult entertainment watching Fred Warner on all twenty two. Oh, is it? Um, yeah, yeah. All right, uh, all right. Do, 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 I, uh, am I the only one who feels that? I mean, are we only talking about the linebackers? Because I was thinking that it was borderline erotic what uh, DK Metcalf had done to him on. Uh, oh no, yeah, night. no, no. We could talk about. I'm just talking in the. As I said, I haven't had a chance to watch the All 22 for this one yet. But in the yeah. previous weeks, I've been really watching Fred Warner, and he's just he's really good at football. That that's just kind of our conversation about Fred Warner every week. When we yeah, I, I just don't. I don't understand why we need to keep talking about Fred Warner. Like yeah. we know. Uh, like yeah, we know, we know, and and and, and it's home. it's just boring. It's yeah. just boring. Yeah, uh, um, linebackers is the hardest. Like, like you, if you think this content creation stuff is easy, the 49ers linebackers are so hard to talk about because they're so good at this well, point. It just no. we only can repeat the same things. No, the only way to really like create content around it is if you say that one of them stinks. Yeah, we should start doing like, that. Fred Warner, start, like just like yeah, like you know what, Fred Warner's not that good. Levante David clears. I, I Chris Borland should have never retired. That that's how rough it's got. He should have never. Warner. That still doesn't have anything to yeah. do with you know. Yeah, that doesn't even have anything to do with Fred Warner. <laughs> he could have uh, uh, retired, but, and we could have had Fred Warner also. Like that. Yeah, know. that's fair. That, that that would have been just deep three. Uh, a linebacking court second and two. Hurts little swing pass. It's going to be a first down. Uh, let's get to the secondary because I think this is really where the the conversation starts for this game. Uh, you think I'm going to say Charvarius Ward first, but uh, Ambry Thomas finished with the highest PFF grade on the he defense. That's all, that's all I wanted to say. Uh, but Ambry Thomas, man, uh, he was targeted. I forget the exact numbers. I probably, if only Four. I had the internet in front of me. Um, he, he he was targeted. I know for sure it was six times against DK oh. Metcalf. It was 10 targets overall, four receptions for 44 yards. He was the most targeted 49ers defender. He had three pass breakups. But really what everybody's talking about is how he handled DK Metcalf. It really felt – Are you talking about Ambry or are you talking about – because you were talking about I'm Ambry. talking – I went oh, back – I jumped back to Charvarius. Charvarius. I apologize. Yeah, okay, that's, okay, on, yeah. that, that's my fault. Yeah. Could have made that smoother. Yeah, um, Charvarius Ward against DK Metcalf, six targets, one reception, to a point where DK Metcalf had a drop on a, a kind of an in route where Ward was in off coverage, and Chris Collinsworth kind of mentioned aloud if maybe Ward is in Metcalf's head. Uh, dropping balls. Uh, what 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 were your thoughts on Charvarius Ward? Because it was just really maybe one of his best games as a Niner. Well, we went into this game because people were targeting him, and you would think that that's the opposite, right? Like he was 10, 11 targets per game, like with Charvarius Ward, like not backing down from him at all. Not be it's quite the opposite of what it was last year. So you had to figure, especially off of the wild card game last season, in which DK Metcalf caught a long pass on Mooney, and and there was like things like that that were being talked about that they were still going to try that. And a try as they may, I mean, uh, Mooney was as good as – that's probably his best Niners game ever yeah. Um, in any sort of coverage aspect. Like, he had had DK in hell before, but they were targeting him this time, and he was knocking the ball away. So it's like, okay, I'm covering you, but I'm also making plays on the ball. So, yeah, this is easily Traverius Ward's best game 
as a a 49er um and it came at the right time against the the bitch ass seattle seahawks and I, I think the thing that that made it more impressive is entering the game he had one snap on the right side of the niners defense uh, he had 19 snaps alone on Thursday on the right side of the Niners defense. Uh, and he showed it early because uh, he had two tight coverages early on in the game against Ward, and they were on both sides of the ball. Uh, and, and that's just something we have not seen out of, not even just Charvarius Ward. This isn't even a thing about Ward. It's something we've seen in Niner defenses where their cornerbacks don't necessarily follow the defenders. And to see him do it with DK Metcalf and then – just dominate the matchup as as well as he did. I I just that that's something it's special and honestly that's something that that I'm gonna keep in my mind when I remember the 2023 Thanksgiving game against Seattle was was Charvarius's Ward's performance. Is that a fumble? I, I we might have a fumble. We might nope. They called it incomplete. I apologize. Uh, 34, 31. F- Philadelphia has a third down. Uh, I don't. If this is called a catch and a fumble, the game's over. But I think it's going to be ruled an incomplete pass. It was a quick little slant route or an in route to uh, one. Two, ooh, that's going to be close. We might go to a replay review on this one as well. But I think it's going to be called an incomplete pass. Uh, but uh, on the other side, Ambry Thomas, another and or not another interception. His first interception of the season, I believe. But it's his second turnover in three games. Since he's 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 stepped into the role of of being the the second cornerback, I guess the third cornerback. It depends where De, where or Lenore plays. Are we getting to a point where we maybe want to talk about like, hey, if if, if is this sustainable for Ambry Thomas? Or are we gonna more so rely on the three years of what we've seen from him in the spot? Well, I even think the first year while we were hesitant, we still we still banked on coaching. And I think yeah. we can still bank on that in the in front off front uh front seven, not front office. Uh so yeah, no, I, I I don't think you have to really worry about that at this point. Like it's not like, oh, is he good, is he bad? It's like can he perform? And I think he can, and he is improving in many ways, and his confidence is going in the right direction. So I don't think that is something that you need to necessarily worry about. And uh to Bruce's donation, um, does the number two seed help the Niners? I think it does because it puts one, two, three, and four in different uh sides of the bracket. And if someone is nice enough to beat the Philadelphia Eagles, then the 49ers have home field no matter yeah. what all the way through, right? So, you know, yes. the Dallas Cowboys could show up. Cool. Like, let's let's get it done. Um, so, yes, always the highest seed that you can get because when the higher seed above you leaves, then you have home field. Uh, Jason, is there anybody else in the secondary you want to talk about? I feel like Charvarius and uh, uh, Mooney – or, excuse me, Charvarius and Ambry were the two. Jair Brown in his first start – um, you know, I, I don't think he he did a ton. I not that I noticed. He, as I said, you watched the all twenty two, so maybe maybe I missed something that that you caught. But I think that's that's good uh, because you know it could be the opposite side of we're talking about him because we noticed him because he gave up some big plays, but that wasn't the case. He was only targeted three times, allowed thirteen yards. I, I just feel like relatively solid night from Jair Brown uh, from what we saw in, in a very tough situation for him to step into. Yeah, Tig was solid. That's it. Like, he he was navigating his way. Uh, obviously, you don't see any of those, like, explosive plays, anything like that. But, again, covering the back end, there were never really any coverage issues all night. Um, the missed tackles thing is starting to go away little by little all across the defense, which is great. Yep. Um, Tig was fine. Tig was fine. Yes. Uh, and, and that's good. That's all he really needed to be. He just needed to be solid. Yep, and that's all they need. That's exactly all they need. So, Jason, 
Uh, Ho-hum game, 31-13, Niners get it done. I'm sure you got a few other jokes you want to throw out at the Seahawks before we get into the the, the final, the, the three stars, all that stuff. So I want to let you get it all out here while the Eagles are driving down the field. I just find it funny that now Seattle fans who are so heavy about like, oh, I can't wait for Thanksgiving are now like, oh, well, you're the better team. Yeah, okay. So it took Thursday for you to figure that out. Yeah, Philadelphia wins, right? Philadelphia won. Jalen Hurts just ran it in the end zone for a touchdown. Uh, So the Niners enter next Sunday two games out of the NFC. Uh, They're going to need to win. Let's be honest. This is the – I know we joked about it earlier this season with the three-game losing streak, but we have officially – I'm going to say it, Jason. I'll be the first one to say it. This is the first must-win of the season for the San Francisco 49ers because you cannot fall behind – Three game because it would essentially be four games behind because Philly would have the tiebreaker. It would be three games with five to go with Philly holding the tiebreaker. Thanks a lot, Kansas City. Thanks a lot, Buffalo. Thanks for fucking nothing, the both of you. I mean, just whatever. Regardless, the 49ers need to win this game just so they yes. can back up all the talk from the from after the game, um, all that stuff. So no matter what happened in this game, the 49ers were going to have to win. And now they have yes. to win oh, just yeah. so we can prove something. That's it. That we can go. Yeah, there. yeah because because next week was always going to be a must win. Because if, the, if, if Philadelphia had lost this game, the Niners would be one game back. If they win, they tie but have the tiebreaker. Um, but maybe the m- most concerning thing is, and this, this kind of tilts into preview uh, of that game than anything else, Jason – is the Eagles have very much established they can win ugly. The San Francisco 49ers have not. And that maybe is a concern. Uh yes. But yes. I will say, I will say the the Tampa Bay game resembled much more of a regular game while the 49ers have just been kind of just running everybody over. Yes. Um That's but fair. yes, yeah. So there you go. So the Eagles win. They're gonna win 35. Uh, 30- Hold on, man. Seven? I didn't even I didn't even really get to cook the Seahawks now because of that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, ending. sorry. Go ahead, Jason. Cook the Seahawks. Bring us back. Okay. I remember a time, and I remember it fondly, when Geno Smith was really good, and yeah. the 49ers needed to watch out, and yeah. they drafted Jackson Smith and Jeeba. They drafted Devon Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. Um, they, Julian Love comes Charbonnet. over. Charbonnet is drafted. Oh, man. Well, here come the Seahawks. Well, there go the Seahawks because they don't fucking matter at all. They do not matter at all. Um, they don't matter. And uh, I want to I wanna say this as disrespectfully as possible because, you know, there is a thing about being a good winner, 100%. Yeah. I want to say that that was one of the most satisfactory victories I've ever – a satisfaction that I've gotten from a victory yes. in, in, like, 49ers history, just knowing mm-hmm. the Thanksgiving shit. And just knowing that we repaid them and that we ruined their entire Thanksgiving and that there's a there's a household, right? There's a house full of Seahawks fans. They're all sitting there, right? And they're all watching the game and they're they're having their their turkey and their terrible food that's unseasoned. And they are they are sitting there and they had to watch a like public massacre and they had yeah. to watch it on national television and you couldn't do anything about it. And you had to sit there and you had to watch the 49ers make jokes, eat eat turkey legs on your field. I just I'm I'm so happy. And I love that for Seattle Seahawks fans because 
while apple pie is my favorite humble pie is my favorite to serve to people so seattle don't talk to us no more i don't want to hear about what happened in 2012 don't speak to us you little you little bro now you little bro and you got to catch up it ain't a rivalry until you win some games seattle get get bigger get bigger it's getting to the point where I, I like I threw out the tweet on Thursday of maybe this is the start of a purdy domination of, of Seattle, just like there was a, a Russell Wilson domination of of um, of the 49ers. I'm sorry, the numbers are going up. A lot of people jumped in here. Yeah. Uh, 107 people here now. Hello. Uh, we watched the Eagles win that game, uh, so it's a, it's a bummer. Uh, but but I feel like we're really at the start of this domination of the Seahawks. That just is so, it's so therapeutic, and and it's just it's to a point, Jason. Where like I, I know we're we're all looking forward to Philly next week and all that, but like imagine being a Seahawks fan having to sit through that and then have the thought of, oh my God, we have to play the same team in seventeen days. Like it, oh, it's yeah. it, it, it's just. I just don't know what, as I said at the top, I don't know what adjustments were made. I don't know what adjustments you can make within two weeks of Uh of that. Cause like, it's one thing if it's like, you know, kind of like I joked, like a Jake Moody game winning field goal type situation where it's like, okay, one or two plays changed it. But Seattle scored 13 points. Three of those points came on a drive where they got one yard because of a, of a, uh, a kickoff return into 49ers territory. Seven of those points came from a pick six that was kind of more of a fluky play than anything else. Uh, Philadelphia, or God, I keep doing it now. Seattle put together one scoring drive in like nine attempts. I I just don't see how you can flip that over in 17 days and say, yeah, we can, we can beat this Niner team. I I just, it's, it's not good for the Seahawks to have to go into another one of these games in two weeks. The only thing that's better than watching that happen on Thanksgiving is being able to set your watch to it happening again mm-hmm. in two weeks. Yeah. And yeah. imagine being on the other side of that. Like, we're going to watch more film and we're going to make an adjustment. And it's like, there are no adjustments to be made. There's nothing yeah. you can do. I mean, I think you can clean up some things, but you're not the team that the San Francisco 49ers are, Seattle Seahawks. No. So are you just rah rah you know listening to chewing gum like try to get you going or are you accepting of the idea of like you know what we're just not better than they are because i think everybody knows that you aren't and all these wins in a row would show you that you're not better so yeah the the only thing that's going to be better than watching it one time is watching a team prepare heavy and be ready and like try to like play as, as hard as they can and know you can't do anything about it. You can't yeah. do a thing about it. There's nothing you can do about it. And unless the 49ers forget how to play football, you're likely going to lose. So, yeah. It, it, it's just the Niners didn't do anything statistically oppressive, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, we mentioned it, Jason. Brock Purdy barely threw for 200 yards, only one touchdown. The run game worked really well, but – the, the Niners did nothing special offensively all game and still scored 31. Like, like that was just your ho-hum normal Niners. That's just the Niners wake up and have that kind of game and they scored 31 points. In two weeks, I think there's a higher chance of big plays because I, I just think things are gonna change a little bit. Maybe you don't show a ton uh in the first game, maybe you show a little more in the second game. I just don't think it's gonna get 
any closer in two weeks. Maybe if it's a week one and then a week 15 thing, maybe. But within a two-week span, man, no way. No way. I just don't see it. Yeah. Uh, uh, Beast Mode Gaming, thank you for the donation. Once you get Drago'd, there's no going back, Seattle, and that's that's pretty much it. Oh, that's well, that's much. a Rocky. That's right. I know that reference. reference. Drago, yeah. Drago, Drago's kind of an evergreen. You know who Drago is, if you, even if yeah. you've never seen the Rocky movies. So, yeah. Uh, Jason, let's go into three oh, stars. Oh, he's saying Drogo'd. 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 Who's Drogo now? Now that I just changed the Who's sentence. Who's Cal Drogo? Oh, Drogo. Yes, Drogo. Yes, yes. Duh. Cal Drogo. I know who Cal Drogo Yes. And do you yeah, remember? Yes, 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 okay. yes, 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 yes. I remember okay. what happened. The yes. Very graphic. Very, very graphic. Yes. yes. Um, uh, Jason, three stars, and then let's just kind of – three stars and then throw our Philly thoughts out into the universe so people yeah. can ma- gonna marinate for a few days. Yeah. Uh, three stars. I don't know if I have any specific in order. Uh, it, it just was kind of a dominant. I'm going to go Ambry Thomas, third star again. Why not? Uh, an interception. He's he's just playing lights out. Uh, he's not going to be my first cornerback I mentioned in the three stars today because I think the number one stars get, might be obvious for me at least. Uh, but Ambry Thomas just keeps getting it done in a spot that that is is a little different. He's not an every down corner. You know, you saw the Amador Lenore taking wide snaps, but once that three – Receiver set comes out. Ambry Thomas is playing, and not only is he playing well, but he's forcing turnovers. And you know, I'm going to say it: as long as Ambry Thomas continues to force a turnover in a game, he's going to be on my three stars. He forced the fumble in Jacksonville; he was on my three stars. He gets the interceptions this week. Number three star, Ambry Thomas. Yeah, uh, for me, it's actually Christian McCaffrey, and I feels like mm-hmm. it's a little bit low, but. <laughs> It's like imagine being the focal point of the offense and knowing everybody's like, we have to stop you and, and no one can stop you. Like imagine yeah. just like it's it's almost like when you play your little brother in Madden, you're like, I'm running to the right. Meet me here. Like and he still can't stop you. It's it's just it's incredible how many people crapped on the idea of this trade and didn't like it. And, oh, it's not worth it. And it's just come on, man. Like, what are we watching right now? I mean, I, I don't remember a running back ever being this dominant for the 49ers. I've been watching them for 900 years since I'm very old. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not sure if there's anybody who's had more gravity on offense as a running back for the San Francisco 49ers than Christian McCaffrey in any era. No, uh, my number two star is going to be Christian McCaffrey. 19-114 uh, for two touchdowns. Uh, everything you said, but then the bonus of like, I feel like two, three years ago, if the Niners had one running back who went 19 carries, 114, and two touchdowns, you remember how special the Jeff Wilson game was against New England when he had, I think, three touchdowns? And he had that big game and how big of a game that was for him. Christian McCaffrey had 19, 114, and two touchdowns, and it was just very ho-hum. It was just like, yeah, dude, like that, he gets out of bed for that. That's what he does. Like that, And it's just – that's how good he is. Like It's just 114 just feels like nothing special. But here on the Sprint Ride Option podcast, I treat it as special because it's a damn good game. Christian McCaffrey, number two star. Yep. Uh, my number two star is going to be Traverius Ward. My goodness, mm-hmm. young man. Uh, what a game. Your best game as a San Francisco 49er against a very good receiver. People have been targeting you. People have been kind of whispering about whether you're a penalty or a jump ball machine. That was not the case. And you played out of your mind worth every single penny. And if you play like that and now you've got to force other the ball to go somewhere else, it opens ultimate like an endless possibilities with this defense. And now how, how flexible you can be when you're not going to be the one target. So Traverius Ward, number two star. 
Uh, he's going to be my number one star, man. I just, it, it feels like we've, we've lost the plot with him a little bit. He was number one cornerback last year. It feels like he's been very shaky all season. Niner fans don't feel very confident in him. And to have a game like that where it's obvious Seattle is targeting him, I, the first two passes of the game for Geno Smith were at Traverius Ward. They were obviously targeting him. And, and he he just he showed out, man. He really had a big game, and all it was missing was an interception, but three pass breakups, allowing one reception to Seattle's best offensive weapon. I, there's just so many places where you can say the Niners won the game. Uh, McCaffrey's running game, the defense as a whole. But really keeping DK Metcalf as quiet as Traverius Ward did, that's the reason they won this game to me. So, so that, or at least the biggest. There was 18 reasons they won this game. The biggest reason was Ward shutting down DK Metcalf as he did. Uh, who's your number one star, Jason? The 49ers offense, and I'm gonna take I'm gonna take there the easy go. way. I just uh, and also Kyle Shanahan. They don't own you. You own them. You own them now, right? Mm-hmm. Fuck Pete Carroll. It's not him. It's not his no. team. They are not them. You are them. This offense does what it wants. This offense slows itself down. There's nothing you can do about it, Seattle. Brock Purdy showed it. Hello, Debo Samuel. Brandon Ayuk, good to see you. Christian McCaffrey, Kyle Shanahan having the confidence to call plays for Brock Purdy. Kyle Shanahan, you are the owner. You mm-hmm. have the ownage. You are in the driver's seat. This offense does what it wants against Seattle because they soft. They're not like that. they little. they real little. Little. They're real little. Big small somehow. They big small somehow. Somehow small big too. I just didn't get I just didn't get enough time. Like I didn't get I didn't do a post-game show. I didn't get a chance to talk crazy. I'm sorry. And this one, this one, I'm gonna have to shine on this one for a long, long time. Yeah, right. long time. A long time. A long time. I mean, the idea that the Seattle Seahawks social media account would dare to bring up the last Thanksgiving matchup, <laughs> knowing that their team is nowhere near in that same position and just doing that for Open yourself, opening yourself up to get dunked on. I love that. You've got to be in on the joke at this point. You have to be in on the joke. And I love them, the 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 Seahawks fans. Oh, I can't wait for Thanksgiving. Yeah, I'm so Here happy your Thanksgiving was great. I I love that you got exactly what you were asking for. A hundred percent. Yeah, not just a dominating Niner performance. Uh, this is the notebook I write my game notes in. We're officially closing the book on the Seattle Seahawks for at least a few weeks here. Uh, because we are on to Philadelphia. And Jason, this is the um, – I mean, you go back to the May episode where, where the schedule came out, right? We we broke down the schedule, and it was, you know, hey, here's this interesting stretch. Hey, the Seahawks on Thanksgiving. You know, Thursday night home opener, that's all ho-hum. I think a lot of people, the first game they were going to circle was December 3rd in Philadelphia. Uh, I believe it's 125 next week, either 125 or 105. We have arrived. We are here. And the matchup is about what you'd expect it. It is the 8-3 and three San Francisco 49ers, the now 10-1 and one Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles have a chance to go up three games uh, with five to go after uh, in the NFC West. The Niners have a chance to cut the lead in half to one game. All-important tiebreaker, though, is the importance. So, Jason, we're going to have a very in-depth, very in-depth uh, preview on Friday, as we normally do. 145 people in here. We're gonna we're gonna do the in-depth everything we normally do here on the Smart Red Option Podcast. Uh, just early thoughts, man. We're a week away from the game of the 49ers season. Game of the year. 
Um, I think these are the two best teams in football right now um, mm-hmm. from everything that I've seen. Uh, I mean, right now, for God's sakes, in the AFC, Jacksonville's the number one seed. Uh, it just feels like everything is kind of rounding out, and it's always kind of been this idea of Philly and the 49ers and everybody else. Mm-hmm. Now, I know Dallas has won a bunch of games in a row, but Dallas is doing what they normally do, which is win regular season games, um, scream weed and boys. And, you know, for a while, people argue about Dak Prescott being an MVP candidate. Yeah. And I think we kind of know where that goes. But it's always yeah. been this. It's always been this. This is this is literally cutting to the chase right here. This is it. The 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles are the two best teams in, in the NFL right now. Um, yeah. Obviously, you're going to give the nod right now to the Eagles because of their record. But, you know, watching their games, their games have not been impressive. But at the end of the mm-hmm. day, it's it's do you win or do you or do you not? Right. Like you'd rather take an ugly win than an ugly loss. Mm-hmm. But yeah. at the same time, at the same time. The San Francisco 49ers right now firing on all cylinders, looking like they're a little bit better, have more convincing wins. They have their three losses, obviously, and they only have one. And there is no way to have an unconvincing win. But yeah. this is it. This is it right here. These are your two best teams. It's not anybody yeah. in the AFC. One of these two teams will win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, and, and we, we've kind of seen the Eagles stick around in games. It's going to be very important for the Niners offense to really – get out and get going, keep things on track because I, I mentioned it earlier. It's, it's the Niners. You mentioned that, that winning ugly that the Eagles are doing though. The winning ugly hasn't necessarily happened for the 49ers yet. I, I could not think of a better time for an ugly win the next Sunday in Philadelphia, but I would prefer just a nice and easy, like 35 to 10 blowout and out, no stress. Uh, I don't, unfortunately, I don't think that's what we're going to get. I think this is going to be a, as good old Jim Ross would say, a good old slobber knocker out in Philadelphia. Because Jason, this is the, this is the two best teams in football. And as you said, one of these two teams is going to win the Super Bowl. And, and this, this is, this is the chance the Niners have to really, because I mean, we're going to hear all the talk from last year. It's going to come back. Everything that was said after the game uh, regarding Brock Purdy's injury, uh, this this is a very important game for the Ford. I, I don't think there's anything I can say to convince you it's not, but this is a very, very, very important game for the 49ers. And, and I, I would argue it's more of a must win for the 49ers than it is in the, the Eagles, but that's not saying it's not a must win for the Eagles as well. Yeah, no, uh, this is it, right? All the talk, everything, right? I was down mm-hmm. to the Super Bowl. All they asked was every Eagle player about what the 49ers said. They asked every 49ers player about what the Eagles said. They spilled over to... C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who doesn't even play for the for the Eagles anymore, uh, talking to Debo Samuel. Enough talk. Mm-hmm. If you want to show, I mean, obviously you don't get the NFC Championship back by winning, but if you want to show what was going to happen in that game, then show it on Sunday. Just show it on Sunday. That's it. Like, no more talking. Put it up and let everybody know that you are like that. And, and I think, again, no one regular season win is going to get you the NFC title game back, but it'll tell you that the San Francisco 49ers, if they have to go into your stadium in Philadelphia in January, they can mm-hmm. do it. So that's it. That's all it's really about is is going in there and handling the business that you said you were going to take care of. I love Drewski, mm-hmm. and I'm going to say this. Stand on business. Stand on all your business this entire time that you've been talking. Ayuk and Samuel, all you guys talk about cooking all of them, then cook them. Everybody else, do your job and win this game. That's the only way you can beat these allegations is if you win this game on yep. the road. Yep. Uh, so there it is, man. Uh, we're going to be more in depth on this game Friday, 5.15 p.m. Set a reminder to yourself. Uh, it's just this This is the game, man. This is what we've been waiting for. This is the main event of the 49ers season. It, it's really put up or shut up time for the San Francisco 49ers. A must win. 
Let's see where it is. Uh, I see people saying more cold rain next week. I just looked at the report for Philadelphia. It just said cold. Uh, I don't really like trusting weather reports seven days out. It's going to fluctuate a lot in the next seven days. So let's see what happens. Let's see what the weather looks like. But be ready for a rain game because it is December. It is Philadelphia. The TV show lies a little bit. It's not always sunny in Philly. It sometimes rains. It sometimes snows. And we might get one of those it's rain games. never so, sunny so in Philadelphia. Which that it really no is. And maybe that's the bit within the show. Maybe. Yeah. You know, whatever, yeah. man. They never explained it. Uh, never. But Jason, there it is, man. Let's 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 at least enjoy. Niner fans, don't stress about this Eagle game until Tuesday. Let's enjoy this this Seahawk win one more day. I think I think that's really the best thing we can do about it. Uh, and and Jason, you seems like you got one more barb you want to throw. Oh yeah, just one more, just one more. Oh, and I God. said it earlier, but we have a lot of people in here, so I can just get back to it. And I want to get back to the staple saying of this show. This is going to be a hard one for our audio listeners um, who listen in the car with their kids. But I just want to reiterate. Fuck Seattle, fuck the Space Needle, fuck Starbucks, fuck the Mariners, fuck the Supersonics, fuck the state of Washington, fuck Pete Carroll more than anything. Enjoy your Thanksgiving, busters. Jason Aponte, as always. Uh, Let's go Niners, and I'm so happy to be a Niners fan. This is such a good win. You should be proud of me. I went 56 minutes and 24 seconds without saying CM Punk. CM Punk, the best in the world. (laughs) Best in the world, baby.